Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2121. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Quail, a motorsport gathering that takes place Friday, August 19th at Quail Lodge and Golf Club. To learn more about this iconic event, go to the Peninsula Signature Events.com. I'll see you there. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today we're going to have some fun. I've got a very special guest on the line by the name of Matt Chambers. Matt, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready? To release the clutch. Yes, I am. Cool. Now, given that we're going to be talking about electric motorized motorcycles, no clutch? Am I right in guessing that? You, you don't take it out of gear. You want, to keep, you want to keep the fewest moving parts. Absolutely. Well, I always start the show that way, but we're going to be talking about something incredible today that you and your team have put together. However, before I give you an introduction and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that people may not know about you, Matt? Yeah, what's, uh, how would I, let's see, something they don't know. Well, in 1958, I learned how to read when I discovered a book next to my grandmother's uh, house, which was in the library in downtown Mountain Home, Arkansas. And it was a book about motor car and motorcycle insignia and brand and car motorcycle design. And I've been an absolute freak. I mean, ever since about, I mean, I, every morning I get up at like 4.30, I get on my bicycle and I scour the planet for the latest news and auto and design, car magazine, auto car, auto week, you name it. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I, I don't know why I'm in, but I just absolutely am addicted to the context of Automotive, motorcycling, insignia, brand, design, the way it, the way all of these things interconnect, the way they become holistic, almost like a biological being. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, the organicism of all that really captivates my imagination. So, yeah. And I, you know, nobody knows that because why would they? Why, it's well, weird. that's pretty, no, that's actually pretty amazing. You think about what, what affects us as a young child and how that instills something in our mind. But it, what's incredible to me is that age factor of how young you were and how many maybe other three-year-olds would just toss it aside and go on to something else. But something about no, it, four, 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 well, four, four, three, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's just, yeah, like, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. I still have the first, what I call the real book my parents ever gave me, which was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And, uh, it's always surprised to some people when I ask them, do you know who wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Do you know? No, I do Ian Fleming, who wrote the James Bond oh. stories. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Kind of makes sense because Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was this incredible invention of a spectacular vehicle. And that's what we're going to be talking about with Matt today because that's exactly what he's done. So nice segue there. Let me give you a proper introduction. Matt Chambers is the founder and CEO of Curtis Motorcycles, where he and his creative team have developed two-wheel works of art and innovation. He has over three decades of experience in the design and motorcycle industry. Actually, maybe more if you go back to that four-year-old moment when he opened that book on his grandmother's nightstand. And he's one of the world's most experienced OEM motorcycle executives. Matt has built a highly skilled team of true believers 
both internal and external to his company. The all-electric Curtis One motorcycle was created to never be obsolete and has been designed to be around for generations. Driven by the pursuit of excellence that redefines the concept of the EV on two wheels. We're going to learn a lot more about this. But first, a word from our sponsors, so let's give them a little love. They're the reason we're here. Sit tight. Keep your riding boots on and your helmet ready. We'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance has been my go-to for collector car insurance, but did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles. If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because... Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. 
So, Matt, I always say we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner here, something that I think you've done many times going around a corner on a two-wheeled motorcycle. But before we dive into this amazing bike that you've created, I want to go back in time a little bit, maybe not all the way back to four, but you were an attorney for many years, and one day you just said, you know what, I want to create bikes. Tell us a little bit about what's happened with your career before we evolve into what we're going to be talking about today, because it's an incredible story. Yeah, it, it's inter- it is interesting. I was fortunate to land a case in the late late eighties, which was a it was a police brutality case, and I, and I, I, me and my team achieved the largest judgment against a, a police force for police brutality in U.S. history up to that point, eight point eight million dollars. So, so I was in a really good position. I had some cash. I had a guy that wanted to buy my uh, my law firm out. And and so I was right on the cusp. I could be this, you know, this, you know, the ubiquitous billboard lawyer. And, and uh, you know, the way things have gone, I think would have, it would have been quite uh, financially rewarding. Alternatively, I could go into something that I really wanted to do. And so I just got in the in the zone of what I alluded to earlier in this in this podcast about, you know, going back to how what really got me involved in reading and studying the thing that, you know, it was it wasn't the briefing of cases that I loved in, the, in when I was in law school or out. It was this business, this contextualization of a brand and design and motoring. I just that I, I always have loved so much. So I decided to go with my heart kind of lose the idea of what can be measured in numbers and embrace the world of what can't be to go emotional and romantic. And I'm very happy I did. It's been absolute joy. And I'm sure that everyone that would, that is listening to the podcast understands that. So it's been the best decision I ever made. Yeah, that's what Cargia is all about, is people that have figured out a way to wrap that passion into their career. So let's talk a little bit about And I don't want to go too deep here because I really want to get into the bike you're doing now. But I would like you to share some history of motorcycle development because you really dove deep into the V-twin design and did some very unique things there. But all of this is a bit of a buildup to what we're you're doing today. But but take us on a, a bit of a ride, if you will, through this evolution of motorcycle design that you and your your creative types have done. Well, you know, it, it, it begins with four four words, every man a king. So the idea is no one tells and no one is told. This gets everybody off the grid. It's more of about, about listening, and it rewards crazy, not, not stupid, but crazy. <laughs> so you want to, you know, you're looking for what's what's the craziest thing we could do, and then you kind of trim that back and the constant search for what our client really deeply wants on the inside that he probably is unaware of. I mean, how many times... Do you acquire a certain thing and, and wonder why did I do that? Because it, it's even un, unknowable to us, much less projecting into the mind of our client. So, so the bottom line is we've got this team of, of very free thinking folk. You know, just quick, when we began, the whole point was I wanted to make a high performance V-twin, American V-twin, that a, a real American road bike that was like my 69 Sportster, which was a pre-AMF Harley, which was way better than post. AMF. And what we discovered is that we could take the baseline transmission setup, powertrain setup in a Harley, turn it upside down around and run it in reverse, shorten the center to center distance and make a much better, much more robust version of, of a American V-Twin. And, and so that's what we did. I mean, we weren't sure it would work, but we thought it would. As a matter of fact, the first night we couldn't make it shift after we, after three years of investment and time and money. But, uh, on the second day, which was uh, Veterans Day in 1994, 
she shifted and it, <laughs> I took it out for the, I, did, I took it out for the first ride and yeah. dude, it was, it was, it was worth the effort. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was the Harley that could, you know, that must've been a huge smile, uh, through that helmet, uh, opening on your face when that happened. Yep. Uh, you know, this is the, the wonders of innovation and change. And we, we see this happen in so many different aspects of the world, but bringing you back to motorcycles, I really want to take a deeper dive into what you're doing today. I enjoyed, I so enjoyed, I watched it twice, a video that you guys created about what you're doing. And I'll put a link to that on Matt Shono's page for you listeners to go. And I encourage you to watch it because it really takes you into the world and the mindset here of Matt and his team, uh, JT Nesbitt and the other very creative people that you've got around you. But let's take us, ask you to take us on a bit of a walk through this journey because the decision to go EV, I've talked to a lot of people on the show about that. We know why we're doing that and where it takes us, we're not quite sure, but you're doing something very different, my friend. So take us for a ride. Well, it begins, I was working with this design dude named Tablanche, who was constantly ranting about, we got to go electric, we got to go electric. And and, and like so many of, of us ICE motoring zealots, I was like, not no, but hell no. It took me like 24 to 30 months, you know, of him pounding and pounding on me. And and then then all of a sudden the light bulb went on rather and I'm like you know something maybe there's something here and then, and then maybe two years after that which was actually six years ago June 29 with the help of of two co-founders I, I went over the edge and I decided I'm going to go all in on this and and the real the real bottom line was that there wasn't more we could do with the American V twin road bike we had blown it out I mean the P51 fighter you know slash Curtis Warhawk the last piece we made. About 160 horsepower, 160 foot pound of torque in, a, in an air cooler, kind of the traditional Glenn Curtis format V twin. That's about all she rode. I mean, there's just not more in it. So, uh, you know, now we've got 217 potential horsepower in, you know, 100 pounds lighter and so forth, you know, a lot more power and much just better in every way, really. Well, when you think about how you've created this, there's so many components. Being a visual person that many of us, uh, people that are love cars and bikes are. Let's start with that, the design, because this looks like nothing I've ever seen before. It looks like something out of a futuristic movie set of some kind, but it's all real and it all works. Where did this come from? When I formed the company originally, the foundation was uh, first principle originalist thinking. So the idea was that it would be like, try to grow the piece like biology. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like from the naval, you know, out for for humanity. And, and I actually thought I was doing that. Then as we worked through the ideas and the ideas started to marry and all this kind of stuff, and it, it, we realized that actually, you know, we were just putting powertrains and bicycles like everybody else. And they're never, at, you know, that we were in a rabbit hole of thinking. We thought we were like organicists, but we weren't. So, so Nesbitt came up with this on a lark. Like, I got it. We'll start with the drive shaft. And we'll tap that drive shaft to the center of an axial flux electric motor. And then we'll put the legs of the motorcycle on it in a perfect symmetry, like the, like, like the symmetrical way that your hips and legs line up. The fact that your, you know, your two legs are the same length. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's almost like, or, or maybe even it's more like more evolved species, like an ant or something, because the leg and the arm of, of the Curtis are exactly the same. So the, the front end and the rear end, you know, you, they're all interchangeable. Mm -hmm. But the big leap was the motorcycle starts 
with the drive shaft. And from there, it grows outward from the inside out. A dream and a vision that I had always had, Nesbitt made it real. And it, it says something about people, even people that, that think they know what they're doing, that I thought I was doing it organically, but I wasn't. I was just, <laughs> all I did was, all I did was make up a, a better powertrain, you know, monocoque the Harley and shorten the center to center. So you, so, so it was a much more robust core, but it was still like every other piece, a, a bicycle with a motor in it. Mm-hmm. The first two-wheel vehicle in, in history that, that actually grows from the inside out that isn't a bicycle. The motor in it is, is the one. So hence, that's why we call it the one. And, and it, it benefits from that, you know, from, from the natural uh, nature of it. It feels, you know, you, you, you feel it when, when you see it. Well, it, when I watched the, the film, I just went, okay, I want to get on this thing because you think about bikes, you think about noise, vibration, and all that, you've removed all that from this, right? For me, I'm not sure that in the, in the world of four wheels that I'm, I won't always prefer ICE. But motorcycles are different because motorcycles are far more visceral. You know, very quickly, my daily was for some time was a Fiesta ST Ford, oh, which cool. was a great yeah. little daily. Oh, I, yeah. love the, I love the little foods. And then I would ride these P-51 fighters during the day, which is the most gnarly, badass thing in the planet. And the the fighter was a luxury motorcycle that was actually, you know, had the best suspension, long travel. It rode relatively smooth. But when I would get off of the fighter and into my Ford, my little Fiesta ST, the Fiesta ST felt like a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah. So my point is that even that even the most primitive little cheap car is way, you know, way more uh, distancing from what's going on than, than even a luxury motorcycle. So I think on two wheels, when you remove the removal, the takeaway of all these elements, particularly shunt, which I think most people don't actually relate to. Like the, when I talked about the shaft, the legs perfectly symmetrical and it living off of this piece and then coaxial nature of, of the powertrain itself. So there's, there's not only no noise, vibration, harshness, but there's zero shunt. So it's hard to explain how how sublime the experience is and how much fidelity, how much honesty you're able to garner from the palm and the, and the sole and the, and the bottom, you know, the sole of your foot, the palm of your hand and the, and your bottom in the seat is, uh, and, and not, not to mention that you're in nature. So you're, you can really grasp the beauty of, and the surroundings of the roads of your life, you know, where, where you live, where you're going to be riding the motorcycle. Right. Not to mention, not to mention, man, that, that, that it's quiet. So you, now you can leave at 5 a.m. in the morning and the baby next door. <laughs> not to, wake up all wake the neighbors. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you can go when there's no traffic, which is, a, I think, very nice. It's much safer. That There's a huge safety aspect. To it. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that I noted in learning more about you in, in your group is how you speak about your team. And I always draw, uh, ask my guests about what I call driving inspirations, people that are mentors, influencers, uh, people who inspired you. You've surrounded yourself with some very creative people from the onset of building bikes, and you continue to do that today. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that to you in creating the one? You know, it's all about the, the true believer aspect, and the, and the way the way this co- company has always operated is it's very yin. So it's so you imagine you're the you're this beautiful female, and you you know you want you want to attract the the the, the male that you like, but you don't do anything. You just you, you you just you just 
do what you do. You just be. So in other words, we don't we don't reach out. I've, ne- I've never targeted. I've never said I want that guy. But JT came to came to us because he saw something when he when he saw the powertrain layout in 1994 of of our work. You know, he's he's a, a, a far greater genius when it comes. He is the ultimate motorcycle savant. And he immediately looked at it and said, damn, you know, I love Harley. Obviously, this old man does. That, that fixes the problem. That optimizes it, and it did. So he fell for it, and that's how we got him. Cornel, same way. He, he sent his resume to us. He had a job where he could have made three times as much money at Google, but he wanted to come be, be on our team. It's the same with the gentleman that did the filmmaker. I, we just brought in a new CFO, and he's going to be a, a perfect CFO fit for us. He is the same way. We've been needing a CFO for a while, but you just have to, the problem is you have to be patient yes. for the right, you know, they have to find you. So in, using my, my beautiful female as an example, she had, unfortunately for her, she has to wait until the guy, until her dream guy says, okay, you know, he has to present, but you can't go sell it. They have to come to you. That That's, in my view, the way you, you build the first principle originalist team, the organic team of true believers. And then no one has to tell them anything because they're all self-motivated. And, yeah. and that, that's, that's the way this thing works. It's everybody, you know, it's, it's like the perfect basketball team or whatever. You know, they, they play as a biological whole. They, it's almost like they're, they're a membrane. You know, it's like one's the heart, one's the lungs, one's the liver, one's the eye. You know, all, you know the brain. Sure. And and together, man, it's like a the, the, like like an ultimate uh, uh, being, uh, intellectual force for making cool motoring. Now, there's a creative, unique answer to that question I've never heard. Wow, I love it. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want you to single out one big challenge that you faced, as if you haven't faced a lot when you're creating something original like this. So give that some thought, and we'll be right back. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, 
and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So Matt, I like to ask what I call the cars, yeah, or in this case, motorcycles, yeah, challenge question. Pick one big, huge challenge you've faced in your career. It could be anything, really, but really is more about how it pushed you and maybe it pushed you up against a wall to a point where you almost felt like stopping or quitting. And walk us through that process. But more importantly, what was the lesson that it taught that you could carry forward to turn it into a positive experience? Uh, and, and look, I, I think that my, uh, this is kind of weird, but I think my big uh, judgment error was, that the company that we founded was going to be very low volume for sure, particularly with IC because there's so many parts and, you know, we were going to make 100, 150 bikes a year, something like that. So, so the bikes were going to be very expensive. And, and, and so we basically went after this idea of ultimate badassery, like, like the, the bike <laughs> that we made, like, like the P51 fighter. I'm absolutely certain that it is the most badass beast of a machine. And, uh, and, and people love that. They love that. But the person of means, the niche that we were going for, they don't want the hassle and the intimidation of such a beast. So, and, and it was, but yet it was so difficult. I cannot emphasize how difficult it was to turn away from that because I was so married to it. So it would almost be like you're in this, you're in this rabbit hole and you've been digging and digging and digging. And so I, you know, we started off with 88 horsepower and 100 foot pounds of torque and the bike would run away from Harleys and all my buddies, even my, my rich good friends that had Harleys, they just stayed with their Harley because they didn't want something quite, they were kind of afraid. And we ended up with, with this thing that had run, you know, a 10 flat quarter mile and just, I mean, just so raucous, so much torque, so low in the rev range, 132 cubes, you know, loud. Uh, scary as hell yeah. looking. So we, we ended up in this space where you, you end up with, you know, how many, how many men are, you know, have a hundred million bucks in the bank and are expert enough to feel comfortable, uh, with, with such a machine. And we ended, you know, we ended up doing 30, 35 pieces a year and, uh, it just wasn't enough. So this, hence, this is part of the reason that we moved to, to this other, this new chapter where we can get the same sense of motoring luxury, motoring attractiveness, I think more so very sexy, very beautiful, but without the intimidation and without the hassle and without the fear and with a much greater amount of safety. I, I, I actually would say we're right on the zeitgeist too, because I think that the new future generations of girls, you know, there was a time when I got started where girls loved the potato, potato sound of these, of these big American twins, but <laughs> yeah. not, not so much anymore. So I, I think that for most of, of our customers that, that would like to have something that, that's very attractive too, to attract it to girls who wouldn't, uh, want that. I know I certainly do. Uh, you, you know, the bike we have now is far better than that. I, I I've already had the experience of, having uh several really cool women stop me on the bike and say wow man what the hell is that it's a beautiful thing you know so it's very attractive and people enjoy the fact that it doesn't disturb their space so to that extent it's a it's a return of the gentleman's motorcycle and it has a little bit of that 1920s 1930s vibe to it that uh 
you know, of elegance, uh, you know, just a hint of decadence, not not too much, just the right <laughs> amount. So it's so it's sexy, but uh, at the same time, quite uh, quite sophisticated. Well, it's a nice segue into what I like to ask about bucket list and future accomplishments and goals. Is this a bike that you guys see as more mass produced, so available to more people than that very crazy, wild, way overpowered type bike that only a few people would dare get on and actually ride? Look, uh, we, you know, we've got something uh, in terms of platform architecture that we want to share with the world. So we, we would be, we, we would, you know, it would be stingy of us not to develop. Uh, and we have, we have a nice uh, portfolio already developed of bikes that will come out over the next five years that'll, that'll begin a process of making Curtis technology available for every uh, type, taste, style, and pocketbook. So just be patient and. W- we're going to be out there with bikes that'll range from 49 to, you know, up to the 217 horsepower. Uh, they'll all have that centered power axis, organic patented approach to platform architecture, the, the triple load path design, the kind of aircraft inspired, Glenn Curtis inspired way that we make the bike, which makes it entirely and completely precise. So if you put our product on a chassis dyno, it is, it is perfectly squared, perfectly perpendicular because it's all machine. We have some really thoughtful innovation. And, the, and so the idea is that, that if you want something beautiful, we've got that. We, we have a sub-brand. The first Curtis was a Hercules. And then he found out that he might not be able to use that because of trademark infringement. So he just changed his brand to Curtis. But we, we have a trademark on Hercules by Curtis. So our next product will be the Hercules by Curtis. And it'll be a little more of a tough where the, the Curtis is kind of is, is about love and beauty and the Hercules is a little more about toughness and, and a little more aggressive, maybe more the male of the overarching brand uh, context. I got it. I yeah. love it. So let's talk about one special bike, or it could be a car, one special vehicle in your life, looking back, that really stands out for you and why. Well, yeah, really, I, I, I got to go back. I mean, I, I made it a point when I was in law school to get a, a pre-AMF Harley, and I got an orange Forster with straight pipes. And the, the pre-AMF Harleys, at some level, what I wanted to do was to be, was to go back to, you know, the real American manufacturer. It, it's kind of weird because original Harley, to me, they weren't about money. They were about great bikes, and, and they ended up, they made a great sustainable company. I mean, Curtis is going to be a great stock to own. It's going to be a very profitable company. Because we prioritize the bike itself. So, you know, a company like Curtis, first and foremost, has to be product driven, and we are. But once AMF got Harley, everything became a little bit jumbled, and they certainly have done a fabulous job with their business. But believe me, getting that, getting that orange uh, pre AMF Sportster was a good thing. It was cool, man. It was, you know, the Kickstart <laughs> XLCH. I rode to law school every day, and uh, it, it put a smile on my face. You know, cars, uh, I've had a lot of cool cars. I had a 57 T-Bird when I was young. I had a 67 side pipe convertible vet. I had a 1970, uh, 442 W30 that I raced a guy in his comparable 396 up to about 140 on the interstate one night side by side. So I had some, had some good stuff. The best one had a P1800 Volvo in law school that I really liked. You know, it, it wouldn't, it didn't drive worth a damn, but it, it, I love Simon <laughs> Templar. You know, it was cool. Well, you know, it's funny. I just had a guest on my show who they're building Cyan Sport uh, Motorsports. They're building Love that car, man. Yeah, the new Cyan. Yeah, Blue the P eighteen hundred. Love it. Yeah, recreating, reimagining, if you will, that vehicle, which is a 
pretty spectacular thing. He was a guest a few weeks ago. So I'm going to be your car psychologist, Matt. This will be a very interesting place to go. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were a vehicle, what would you be? But this isn't what you want to be. This is a deep dive into your personal intellect, the man in the mirror. What would you be? And more importantly, why? Well, that's a tough question. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, th- I think I would, I think I got to go with the, you know, the stick shift CT5 black wing black with the, with the saddle interior. Okay. Uh, I think, I mean, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, uh, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin going on. I also, I, I love the lyrics. So if I could take the lyric and, and the Celestique, and, you know, I, I think uh, Mary Barrow's got a shot, you know, with Cadillac to do something, you know, if they can fuse all that stuff together. They've been working on it a long time, and, I, you know, I do I do dig that. I do I do like the emotion of, of that of that Blackwing Cadillac. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. it's pretty cool. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I knew we'd go to an interesting place uh, with a creative mind like yours. Is there a great book that you've read you'd like to share with our listeners? Because we're real big on uh, enjoying books or lesson learned books or whatever it might be. Uh, The one that comes to mind right now is the Taken for a Ride book. I was drawn to the, you know, to the, to Mercedes and you know, I, I love that period of Iacocca and he, and he goes with Bob Eaton instead of Lutz and what could have been and, you know, it was the end of it was the end of the big three because yeah. you know obviously Chrysler has never been an American company since then, and and you and it, it the book is filled with intrigue and 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 uh, you know I I bought a, an SRT you know which was on the E class uh, E class chassis cheapened uh, in uh, you know a Charger that I rode a couple hundred thousand miles in and. You know, it was, it, it, you know, it, it was fruit of the vine. It was, it was a definitely under the underpinning of it. You know, the idea of the E-class cheap and the interior was too cheap, and there were things about it that weren't great. But, uh, but what a, but it was, it was, a, it was a great automobile. But I, you know, I always wondered they had the Castang guy. They, they had some Chrysler had some cool things going on with Lutz. I always wonder about that period. If you know, if if Iacocca had handed the baton to Lutz, but then the things about Lutz, I don't like the fact that he gave away Saab from GM because my belief is that Saab could have been a kick-ass brand. When I alluded to the Blackwing, I mean, I wish it was a GTO Pontiac. The only reason, you know, I love the car, but I wish it was a coupe and I wish it was a Pontiac or maybe even an (laughs) Oldsmobile 442. So some of these things, some of the decisions that have been made in in the American car world, I've set back. It's something that, that I've studied my whole life. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, the, the book about my years with General Motors from Sloan, you know, I read many, many years ago. I love that book. I love the idea of multi-concept and decentralization. And the story, there's a great story, you know, two things. I mean, in 1958, the General Motors, which is 51 years before they went bankrupt, that they, they, every morning the five families would meet for breakfast and, and they would talk about how to make better Chevys, Pontiacs, Oldsmobiles, Buicks, and Cadillacs. And and then in the June of that period, right after the government forced the DuPont 70% interest in GM to be broken and the management took over the company, they said, no, 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 from now on, y'all talk about how do we make the most money <laughs> yeah. on Chevy's, Pontiac's, Oldsmobile's, Buick's, and Cadillac's, which was, which in my view, you know, when I was growing up, man, it was Donna Shore, see the USA and your Chevrolet Bonanza and all that stuff. Right. And, and I would have, I would have said the United States will be taken over before General Motors will be. And yet General Motors went bankrupt in 09. So, you know, I just, you know, I, I love what, I love what Durant and, uh, and, uh, Sloan built and with, with DuPont's, uh, oversight, kind of the patron saint. I think the underpinnings of GM, original GM, the greatest company in history. 
a great American story. And uh, at some level, I want to repeat that story with Curtis. Yeah. Great book recommendation. Uh, taken for a ride, the, the subhead on that is how Daimler-Benz drove off with Chrysler. Uh, Bill Vlasic and Bradley Sturch wrote that book. Great. It's a great story. Uh, kind of sad, too. Well, really sad, really. But uh, it's, it is what it is. So let's do something fun. I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive or ride. You could be on a bike or a car. I'm going to foot the bill. For you to have anything underneath you, any car in the world, any bike in the world, you can go anywhere in the world. And if you'd like to take somebody, that could be somebody either living or someone who's passed. What does that ultimate ride or drive look like for you? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I have several. I mean, I, you know, I want to put a Pam on the, you know, my, my wife is the greatest tandem motorcycle rider ever. And, <laughs> and I want to put her on the back. I want to, I want to do that, that coast ride, which I've done before the, the LA san francisco thing i mean oh, yeah. i just love that so so i'm on a curtis me and pam i, I want to load up a, a diesel escalade with all the trimmings uh with my with my grandkids i want to do that and yeah. then and i and then i want to and i want to load up that that big badass cadillac with my old man he's been dead for 51 years and i want to ride the same road with him so that you know those would be this you know those would be the big three i guess you yeah. know very hard to pin one down i they all sound too good to be true, and thank you for giving me the chance to have that fantasy. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. I'll tell you that. I've taken that drive up the Coast Highway, Highway 1, many times. I did it in a – I bought a Beck Spider, uh, that, you know, one of the cars that Chuck Beck built uh, as a replica of a 550, but it had been built by John Wilhoyt down in Long Beach, who restores beautiful 356 Porsches in early 911s. And he built that Beck using all 50s Porsche 356 parts, including the engine. And I jumped in that car uh, with my son, who was eight at the time, and we spent five days driving up the coast. No top, no radio, no heat. Oh, wow. Love it. Kind of like being on a motorcycle in a way. It's like a little race car, but uh, he still talks about that, and I'm still talking about it today, too. So it is a wonderful, wonderful journey. You have taken us on an incredible journey. I could talk to you for a long time. I'm going to remind listeners, I'm going to put a link to this video, this film you've got to watch. It'll be on Matt Shona's page. It's absolutely spectacular. It'll give you a much deeper insight into what's going on in Matt's brain. Before I let you go, though, Matt, could you share maybe... Some parting words of wisdom, inspiration, success quote, or a mantra that might leave us with some uh, inspiring thoughts today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, live your life so free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. <laughs> uh, that's a quote. That's a Camus one. Camus two. The rebel is the man who loves humanity and yearns to see it in a better way. And then the E, you know, I love the E Cummings quote, uh, you know, the toughest fight you will ever fight and must keep fighting is the fight to be nobody but yourself in a world trying to make anybody else. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, and I, I love every man of King and I wish I could take credit for it, but that's Huey Long, you know, who would, who would probably make a great president right now. So, you know, that, I think America is the land of, you know, we don't, we, you know, we abandon the mo monarchy and, you know, so we all can be a king and, and, and that, that's, uh, don't, no one tells and no one is told. To be honest, I farm my own company, not because I wanted to, I don't want to, I feel very discomforted telling people what to do, but I really don't want anyone to tell me what to do either. So <laughs> be, let's be a nation of self-starters. You know, we all know what we need to do and let's just get on with it. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. How can people learn more about Curtis Motorcycles? Uh, Curtis, uh, two S's. That's uh, Glenn Hammond Curtis, the great. Uh, CurtisMotorcycles.com. There you go. I'll put links to that. Cool. Again, listeners, even if you're not into motorcycles or riding, you've got to check this out because it will inspire you. It's inspired me. And Matt, you've inspired so many. I can't thank you enough for spending 
time with us today. I also want to do a shout out. Thank you to Alexander Petruccelli at Con Media. The folks at Con Media are so wonderful. They bring me some of the best guests here on Cars. Yeah, Matt, thank you for being so generous today with your time and sharing your your brain with us, your thought process with us. This has been delightful. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.